warning. This is explicit content. There is talk of murder. There is trigger warnings for child death. And so please be aware if you continue onto this podcast, onto this episode, it is a true crime episode. Hey guys, Sydney here. Um, this ad is actually for all of the Clay Countyers out there. I just wanted to hop on and mention um, Small Town Market. They're located on Main Street in Clay. They are bomb. They have fresh meat, fresh produce. They're just awesome. Just go. Walmart sucks. Just go. Wait, what? Hi, this is Chloe. And this is Sydney. And this is Katrina. And welcome to Murder Obsessed. Today, our magnificent Chloe is going to tell us about who? Johan Jack Unterweger, which I probably butchered that. These are um, Austrian names. So if he's a murderer, I know why. It's the name. It's the name. I, mean, I would be a murderer if my mom named me that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he goes by the name Jack, though. He doesn't take his first name. He um, just goes by Jack. So uh, Jack was born on August 16th, 1950 in Austria. His mother was Teresa Unterweger, a waitress and a sex worker. His father is assumed to be Jack Becker, an American soldier who Teresa met in Italy, but um, there are no, there's no evidence behind that. And uh, Jack never met him and he doesn't claim him as his father because he doesn't know him. Um, but Jack, uh, hold on. Oh yeah, he never knew his dad, but uh, while Teresa was pregnant, she was arrested for fraud. That's all it said. Um, she let she was let go and she traveled to Graz, which I don't know if that's right either, uh, where she had Jack. And then she was then arrested again in 1953. So she got out, had the baby and was re- arrested again. And uh, Jack went with his grandfather to live. And it was said that Jack's grandpa was a rough fellow who made Jack help him steal farm animals from their neighbors and sell them. I don't know why that's what you would steal if you're going to steal something, but I'm not sure. That's strange. Yeah. Uh, Much of Unterwedger's youth was spent in and out of prison. He worked as a waiter when he was out, but between 1966 and 1974, he was convicted 16 times. Most were for theft-related offenses, but also for pimping and sexual assault on a sex worker. Most of those eight years he spent in jail. 1974, Unterwager murdered 18-year-old Margaret Schaefer, and he strangled her with her bra. 1976, he was caught and convicted and sentenced life in prison. So, killed her. They didn't find him until 1976, and now he's in prison. This was when Unterwedger began writing um, poems, short stories, plays, and an autobiography. His autobiography was called Purgatory or the Trip to Prison, Report of a Guilty Man. He's so he's admitting it. He's admitting it. He's admitting yeah. that he's guilty. Okay, okay. Yeah. 
That's a new one. That's that's yeah. new. Yeah. Uh, 1985, there was a campaign to pardon and release Unterweger from prison. Um, the Austrian yes. president... Let's campaign yeah. to release the person who literally wrote a book saying, yo, I'm guilty. Like, yeah. put me down um, for yes. I'm voting yes. Let's let him go. <laughs> the Austrian, Austrian president denied the campaign because the court mandated a 15-year minimum years in prison. Um, out of a life sentence, if they are going to let the person go, they have to serve at least 15 years. And it's like, oh, oh, just 15. Like, yeah, like, okay, yeah. you kill someone, we put you in life for prison, prison for life. But like, we're going to pardon you. And you have, but you have to serve a minimum of 15 years, because that's, you know, the price that makes sense. Life. Yeah. Um, writers, artists, journalists, and politicians would not let it go, though. They wanted him to be out because I don't even know why. They idolized him and said, there's no way he could have done that. Have you read what he wrote? Yeah, like, see, see autobiography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what's May 23rd, 1990, Andrew Roger was released because he served the minimum 15 years of his life sentence. So they did end up letting him go. After his release, his biography, autobiography was taught in schools and his stories were performed on the radio and he hosted TV programs about criminal rehabilitation and he worked as a reporter for the public oh, broadcaster. Yeah. I just, I just think so that's wait, gross. Wait. I think like it has better idols. He, like, I don't even understand. Like, isn't the Scarlet Letter banned now? But we can read like purgatory, a trip to prison. And yeah, well, <laughs> and oh, okay. For one thing, I realize this is another country. For two, like literally, the things that they are banning. Like I was reading about, they're trying to ban mouse, which is a graphic novel um, where um, mice are like it's it's about the Holocaust, but it's like mice are the characters instead of like jews and, and like humans well, you know the holocaust um, is relevant like we need to hear about that that's important. i know i know they but there are a lot of school. people fighting to ban those books and it's like what like i i like i said when i was talking about um the rainbow murders where mine camp was in the library i will never say ban a book because knowledge is power like I will never be for banning books. My, I mean, my children are not sheltered. My kid at before he's five now, but when he was even younger, his favorite movie was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And there are middle school parents who won't let their kids watch that movie. Yeah. I, that, that was my child. I answered. Um, I, I'm just, um, I'm guessing Jews are not for banning. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. i mean it's probably and i'm not not changing the subject not diving into this but i'm guessing it must be some privileged white people that i mean i don't know what even like I, I just don't know i don't understand it those books were wrote with a purpose to spread information right? about that i don't know why they would work so hard to get rid but of but you can go into like probably any library in america and get the twilight books which i loved twilight i was a twi fate hard whatever but 
they're garbage. I mean, not they nothing are. against the writer. They're, they're, it's talented writing. I mean, I could never do that. But they're like vampire smut, basically, yeah. for teens. <laughs> but you and, can't learn about real world history that happened. Right, right. When it's also like Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, I have a middle schooler that's like, my dad's going to let me read this. And I'm like, yes, let's read Fifty Shades of Grey, but let's ban okay. historical fiction. I know that-, that your girl is like the most probably conservative of the three of us, but I couldn't make it through Fifty Shades of Grey. My face was red. I was like, oh my gosh, what never is going on? It is very uh, descriptive and, and naughty. It's naughty. Well, and it's also like, not a good example of S&M relationships like a lot of the people in the S&M like community they're like that's not how this is like that's such a bad portrayal honestly as a middle schooler what do you actually need to know like no let's teach I guess we have to teach safe sex but we don't need to teach S&M to our our middle schoolers nope. I would actually nope. that we have to teach sex safe sex to our middle schoolers yeah. like I'm like, like girl you're 13 yeah. you're 13 yeah. yep I all right <laughs> yeah Chloe's like okay so that was a really far rabbit trail that was back to my serial killer sorry oh sorry <laughs> sorry Chloe. You're good, you're good. that's what we do we get it we we go off um where was I most were under the impression that Jack was a rehabilitated man like he was very much welcomed back into society after he committed this crime um but they soon would discover that this was not the case they were incorrect (laughs) what no way no way no one saw that coming I'm sure I'm sure it's the biggest plot twist of the year yeah straight up uh, police later find out that uh, Unterweger killed a young woman by the name of Blanca Bakova and seven more in 1990. See, that's well, the one thing, like, you know, we laugh and joke because it's just absolutely ridiculous. But that's the thing that really, really makes me angry is, you know, John Wayne Gacy, um, Albert Fish, all of uh, so many of these serial killers could have been stopped if they would have just been left in prison to serve, like Eileen Mornos, if they would have just been left in prison to serve their full time, so many people would not be dead. And they I, always weasel out. They do, and I, and I don't know what the issue is. I know there's prison overcrowding. I know that prison is, you know, supposed to be re- rehabilitation. It's not just supposed to be a cage for animals. Like, I, I don't know where the break in the system but if is. But life sentence, it is for a good reason. I, yeah. And like I said, and like one thing that I found, because like when I was talking about James Patterson Smith, other countries have different laws. Like not every country is like America. And even yeah. in America, we have these instances where literally they were in prison and they get out and they go on a killing and it's like and and the fact that like in america i don't know about other countries but you have to admit our system maybe the they have the correct goal in mind but it's kind of flippy flop we're we're focusing on things that we shouldn't be focusing on (laughs) yeah yeah um well under Unterweger was preaching rehabilitation in the front. A twisted murderer was lurking in the shadows. 
The other seven women were, were I'm going to butcher these two. Uh, number one was Brunehild Masser, who was age 39. Number two was Heidi Hammer, age 31. Number three was Alfred Schrimpf, age 35. Number four was Sylvia Zagler, age 23. Number five was Sabine Moitzel, age 25. Number six was Karen, this is a long last name, Erg Skladsky, age 25. Number seven was Regina Prem, age 32. All women were murdered in the first year of his release, and they were all strangled with their own bra. They were all either runaways or sex workers um, that were clients of his, and then he would strangle them with their own bra and then pose them to be found. Can't you, just a, can't you go to jail for soliciting a sex worker? Is that still a thing? I don't know if it's if it's prison time I really because like I I don't think so I don't think like they give you a sentence I think that you have a fine and this is also Austria so I don't know what there but I will say whatever it is it's very minor like it still sucks and you get like pay a fine or you might have like 30 days in jail if it's like your second or third attempt attempt you know what I mean second or third offense that's the word um, but they it, haven't it's so minor. And if he can weave a lot of a lifetime sentence, he can right, weave right. a lot of soliciting a freaking yeah. Um, they haven't found him yet, but um, he's doing all this while he's working in the public. Uh, nineteen ninety one, he was hired by an Austrian magazine to write about crime in LA, LA, and the differences between the U.S. and the European attitudes on prostitution. During his stay in the U.S., three sex workers were beaten, sexually assaulted with tree branches, and strangled with their brawl. So, that's oh one thing, gosh. like, I hate that, okay, first off, I would love to know how that article went. I would love to read that article where they compare it, because I, I don't know why I find that fascinating, but I would love to know how other cultures and other countries are looking at sex workers because America looks at them like they're the scum of the earth yeah and it breaks my heart because most of those women did not grow up as a little girl saying that's what they wanted to be you know life is hard and life puts them into those decisions and it also sucks that they're literally like the number one target of these serial killers because they can get away with it for so long predators and that's just that's the most disturbing thing I've heard in a little I mean like all of the stuff we talk about is disturbing but like did you guys ever watch like the evil dead movies like the first evil dead oh yeah and then they did a remake of it very yeah yeah that's all I can think of and I'm like oh my gosh that's horrifying yeah that is yeah horrifying oh dog ran up the stairs real loud um so my question that i wrote here is a side note um how did they not see like find these women and not be like this is the same murder profile as um jack underwedger you know 
That's where's the, the BAU that's... from Criminal Minds? Where's the I BAU? Know what I was thinking, right? Olivia would yeah. have caught him. <laughs> yep. Where's Spencer Reed? But seriously, yeah. one thing, one thing that might be is the location. If he's smart enough to put these in like different like areas for, for us, it would be like yeah, like different states or different places. It would take a minute for people to be like communicating because no one likes to communicate in law enforcement. Everybody, yeah. you know, it's a pissing contest. Who's the biggest dick, I guess. The women that were beaten in LA were Shannon Exley, Irene Rodriguez, and Peggy Booth. I don't know their ages, though. Austrian police were suspicious of Unterweger for these murders, so they silently observed him, but they had nothing to connect him with the killings, even though it was the same murder profile. Like, they did. I don't know. Once police did have enough evidence to pin the murders on him, um, they went to go and interrogate him, take him in for questioning and stuff. Sorry, my, my puppy's in my lab. He's okay. But by the time they got to his house, him and his girlfriend had already fled. And his girlfriend's name was Bianca Mark, which it just brings her up now. She's not really that important, but she does flee with him. Well, uh, also, I, it's like, it, it just blows my mind. Like he has a girlfriend, like yeah, so, so exactly. Like, and they always well, do. They always have somebody, and like they even have groupies. I'm thinking like yeah. a groupie. I hate that. She's not. She's not important, like in your story, but it's important as a woman to be like, did you not see any signs? Which I I know that people maybe you know sometimes they don't like the Ted Bundy thing. I don't feel like she knew. He ended yeah, up they live that double life. It's, yeah, and then I'm like, like I'm nosy as crap. Hey, babe, where you at? What you doing? Who you with? Right now, yeah. everyone is by my phone. Like, and that's not a trust thing. It's just like I actually set that up because I wanted. <laughs> I'm so nervous that I wanted him to be able to find me. Like, if you can't see me, look on find my iPhone. You track my phone because yeah, always that, with and, me. Well, and that's like especially once you're married and you have kids like it's a constant like like there's not no way that five girls can have a separate life because i'm like what are you doing where are you at yeah. like, you got to go get the kids why are you not the kids we got to go do this i've got to be home for this like i don't yeah. i don't know how people live yeah. their lives because one is completely consuming well even without kids like i know when Wyatt comes home through the door i hear the dog start to bark like I go and say hi to him I go to bed I wake up he's in the bed with me so like my dogs would be like where are you going if he just decided to leave in the yeah. night they would let yeah. me know yeah I just I'm not blaming her like she may not have had any idea it just it just every Please. time we have a situation like this it just there's always a girl that blows my mind yeah and some I'm, of them are like they stick by him some of them yeah. are like, I love you forever. And then, you know, they have possible visits in the prison. And Yep. Yeah. Um, police chased the couple through Switzerland, Finland, and the U.S. He was finally arrested by U.S. Marshals in Miami, Florida on the 27th of February, 1992. So he got pretty far without them catching him. He's killing people for two years, too. Yeah. 
Uh, while a fugitive, he calls the Austrian media and tries to convince them that he is innocent. So he really wants to stay like a, a martyr in the public's eye. Yeah, he's like, let's try this again. It worked the first time. It might yeah. work again. Can you imagine the guilt you would feel? Like if you were on this like big committee, you're like, free this guy, free this guy. And then he gets freed. I mean, obviously he didn't get freed early, but he still got freedom. And then he kills like what seven more women yeah and you and your committee was the reason that he right? was out in the first yeah. place yeah i would be that changing my name like, yeah moving yikes. to a different country yeah i would be a new person which i would never i, I, I would probably never be on that committee because all like, that makes me think of is that that spongebob episode where it's in his brain and they're burning all the files <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> yeah. it's like what's his name what's his name <laughs> that's all that made me think of <laughs> he was brought back to austria on the 27th of may 1992 and charged with 11 murders the jury found him guilty of nine by a six to two majority which was sufficient by austrian law at the time Unterweger, yeah, was psychologically examined by Dr. Reinhard, who found him to have narcissistic personality disorder. Yeah. This was presented to the court on June 20th, 1994, but it did not change their opinion much. Much. June 29th, 1994, Jack Unterweger was sentenced to life in prison with no parole. And he had a total of what they assumed to be 12 to 15 victims. That very night, Unterweger committed suicide at Graz Carlo prison by hanging himself with a rope made from shoelaces and a cord from the trousers of a tracksuit. That's he used the coward. Yeah, he, he used the same noose or the same knot on his noose that he used on the brawls of the women that he strangled. He was 43 years old when he died, and uh, before he died, he seeked an appeal. Therefore, by Austrian law, his guilty verdict was not legally binding after his death. So he died without being actually guilty of those crimes. What? Throughout, yeah. The, I don't know. That's it's just annoying. Like, whatever. Throughout his life, Jack Unterweger was known as a Casanova. Many of his ex-lovers are still convinced that he is innocent. His biggest advocate is a lawyer by the name of Astrid Wagner, who to this day still says that he is innocent. And that is all I have. I'm way too suspicious of a person. I'm like, you're guilty until you're proven innocent. (laughs) And I feel like he was very much proven guilty. I... I don't know. I I guess if I was in the situation and I love someone, I wouldn't want to think the worst of them, but there comes I mean, a time. Course, but, you know. Yeah, there comes a yeah. time where you're not seeing reason. But yeah. not everyone is a logical person and follows logic. You know, manipulation can only go so far, I feel like. Well, and it also depends, you know, like that he had narcissistic tendencies or personality or whatever. Those people are like, they have like an innate ability, yeah, to see people that they know they can manipulate. Yeah. Like they, I'm not a few of them, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I definitely have dealt with them. them. Yeah. 
same. Yep. Same. Yep, yep, yep. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, snip, snip out my life. Oh. See, that I don't. Rough. You're doing really good with the snip, snip out my life. Like, if I only wasn't married to a cop, I'm still, you know, I'm sure you guys know the, the one narcissist that I'm really thinking of, too. Um, like, I, I want to burn his house down. And then I want to pluck his fingernails and eyelashes out like so I wish I could get the snip snip you out my life thing now I know it's hard and it like it it takes a lot of work like literally like I've moved away I've like moved to physically snip someone out of my life like I've literally had to pick Girl, up and move like, we've been um we've been like pretty much like siblings our entire life i i know your ability to snip snip like i've seen it yeah I'm i know really it. she can snip you guys she can I, snip you i will snip you without even thinking twice i'll be like maybe i should snip them and you're done snip. <laughs> maybe I should this guy was just so obsessed with his appearance in the media and how they looked up to him to even call and be like I swear it wasn't me, like, when he was good at it, he was good at maintaining his image, like, he had people fooled, and that's, I mean, that's like Ted Bundy, like, that's some, like, next level manipulation, like, teach a class on how to be a narcissist, because you're that good. He just had a very uninteresting life, I feel like, he didn't finish school, and a lot of it, I read somewhere that a lot of his anger towards sex workers de- came from his mother. Like, she, she wasn't a good mother and she was a sex worker. So. almost, you know, you can always go back to Katrina's whole nature versus nurture argument. Like, almost every story. I mean, not always. You know, we did Scott Peterson. And from what I understood of him, he was a spoiled rotten brat like great family you know so you you have a few that slip in like that but for the most part there's some kind of and i'm not defending them but there's some kind of trauma yeah something makes them whatever into what they are but it's also like that you know the the 10 percent of people with trauma that go and do horrible things there's 90 percent that choose to break that cycle and to go into having yeah. another life like what I feel I agree with the the nurture versus nature to a certain point because once I feel that if you didn't get the nurture that you needed until like a certain age that you grow up and you become an adult that that's your problem like yeah yeah, once you become an adult you can't blame your past anymore if you can get the, the help that you need you can do that you just have to to do it yourself yeah because you have no one else you know like I only I feel like you can only use that for so long it's like yeah right. it's actually your family stuff but that doesn't account for a hundred percent of your actions like well, oh. I'm not being judgy but we all know my sperm donor is like a crackhead heroin addict and like no, not that I have a relationship with him but here I am at 32 and I haven't touched heroin or any drug you, you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. you can't always use this excuse well my you know my parents did this or this you know yeah you just can't 
I understand having trauma, but like, I don't think it should be a dictator for all of your actions. All right. Well, that was a good one. That was yeah. good. He did a really it's good job. Short, but he didn't have he didn't have too much on him. I don't feel like he's very well known. No, I I hadn't heard of him before. I mean, like he basically like it was just like he he killed somebody, went to jail, got out, killed more people, went back to jail, ended his life. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Don't kill a lot of people though. Yeah, and that that's horrible. And you know, could all been prevented if he'd have just spent life in jail like he's supposed to. Well, not all prevented, but like a lot yeah. of them could have been prevented. You know, no, this is like I don't know, but I just feel like if you're in prison for something like that, I don't think your writings and stuff should be able to get out into the public. I feel well, like you should not isn't be there, in the public. I thought we that well that's it. about this in America. That's the United States. Yeah. Yeah. In, so, in America, you can't profit from yeah. But I, I also know, know I also know that there are ways around that because um I know that there's loopholes. I know that there's ways that people find that, you know, that they do because too many, too many serial killers have done things like Eileen Warnos and you know, John Wayne Gacy sold his freakish clown things. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't know Ew. if they could send it to a family member and then, like, do it that way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know Austria law either. Austrian right. law. It's just, yeah. Another man. Uh, yeah. Woman. Yep. All right, guys. This has been Murder Obsessed. Thanks for listening. I'm Katrina. I'm Sydney. And this is Chloe. Thanks for listening. Stay listening. Stay murder obsessed, but don't be like this dude and be obsessed with murdering. Bye. Bye. Later.